Hello and welcome once again. It is the Sinbin Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 8 edition. I am your host. I am your commissioner. I am Cody Carlicker. And this week, I got my old good buddy, Jake Metzger, 2018 runner-up. So close to winning the championship last year, uh, but he is gracious enough enough to uh, hop on the phone all the way from Kansas City to, uh, to talk a little fantasy football. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to get your take on some things. Uh, as I like to give you shit via via the the text thread about your your lack of football knowledge. Uh, but uh, I, I'm sure that you're about ready to make me come correct with with those facts here today. So for for, for everybody who doesn't know you, uh, why don't you give a little bit of a rundown of of who you are, uh, how you got into the league, and how you know everybody. Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I know most of the people through the league, probably through Kevin O'Brien. Obviously, you know, you, me, radio, uh, went, uh, started in the fraternity together. But unfortunately, um, most of the pieces of shit in this league I know through Kevin. So that's kind of an unfortunate connection. Um, but for me, I uh, lived with some of the guys on and off, you know, throughout college. And then now I am residing in the, in the beautiful metropolis of Kansas City. Uh, my company builds uh, renewable wind projects throughout the Midwest, so I'm running a couple of those projects, and Jackie and I just bought a house in Kansas City. So, yeah, you know, really a uh, uh, pretty big slew of idiots in the league overall, but really the number one is Kevin, and that's kind of how I got to know, you know, a lot of the guys. So I'll, I'll save a little bit of my shit talking for, for that piece of garbage later, but um, <laughs> that's, that's really kind of how <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yep. Uh, well, and your team name, uh, hashtag TMM. Total Metzger move is what that stands for, but can you tell everybody what that means? Yeah, sure. So, unfor- you know, unfortunately, this name has stuck with me. I really was hoping the TMM thing was just kind of a flash in the pan. And ironically, I had a group of friends, you know, Kevin, Radio, you guys had kind of started this branding and then a completely separate group of friends across the country also had some similar branding so this tmm name has kind of taken hold and really everybody's behind it so i decided not to really push back on it anymore and just sort of embrace it so the tmm total metzger move it's kind of like a thoughtless or really a little bit of a selfish action you know i I really like the things I care about and think about my friends, but sometimes I, you know, I just, just put number one first. So I guess <laughs> the, the first exact example that comes to mind, Cody, you're pretty familiar with. Um, one night in the fraternity, I found myself fooling around with one of my fraternity brother's uh, girlfriends, uh, which was awesome because she was super hot. Um, of course, you came in and just cock-blocked the shit out of me. Get your um, shit you know, and get the fuck out. Get your shit, get the fuck out. So that, <laughs> that, that was really one prime example. Um, and you and I were joking about it earlier. They actually ended up happily engaged and probably going to be married. So if anything, I'd say I, I probably brought them two together. So I, I really wouldn't consider that you know selfish. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's true because I, I was thinking about this earlier today. And uh, I remember uh, a story about – about this gentleman begging you not to sleep with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't. He probably wasn't the first and won't be the last. <laughs> All right. Um, and then I guess another another example that's coming to mind was I was in Destin, Florida with a group of uh, guys, a couple of there as well. And everybody, each night everybody had taken 
responsibility to cook dinner for the rest of, you know, like the 10 drunk dudes that were there. And uh, each each night, somebody, you know, really kept outdoing everybody. They, you know, we made steamed mussels, and the next group made pasta, and then somebody made, you know, homemade pizza, right? And then it comes to my night, we're like four nights into this trip, everybody's absolutely just hungover, totally shit-cocked, and it comes to me to, like, make, you know, some dinner for everybody. And, of course, instead of me coming up with some really awesome a homemade idea, go over to the grocery store, I buy about five packages of frozen corn dogs. I bring back the corn dogs, everybody proceeds to call me a relentlessly a piece of shit for not cooking dinner. But everybody ended up eating the shit out of the corn dogs, so I just kind of want to make that, that piece known. I, you know what? I I am I am all for the corn dogs over the mussels. You would have had uh, I would have been your number one fan that night. However, uh, those uh, I, I get why people uh, people got a little upset there. But but let's let's jump into uh, the fantasy football aspect of this. Uh, we have a game tonight. And Washington Redskins facing the the Minnesota Vikings, and generally, I would like to get this podcast out a little bit earlier. Uh, however, I think Dan Malnar might be the only person that's playing anybody in this game or uh, starting anybody in this game tonight. So, um, you know, to hell with that. Uh, not a big deal. So let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit, and uh, let's start with with Ned and Steve. So Ned and Steve, Ned, these these guys, it's like the tale of uh, of the opposite seasons. Ned started out three and one, and now he's dropped three in a row, dropping down to three and four, and putting up a very weak ass effort at seventy five point four points. Uh, Dak Prescott was his only guy that was worth a shit, and he ended up starting a tight end that wasn't even playing. Uh, we were joking on the text thread last week that that's the way to victory, but it was a joke. And Ned took it seriously. Yeah, unfortunately, it really didn't. It didn't work out for Ned. You know, just just not putting up a big showing. Todd Gurley's just not producing the way he once did. The the entire Philly receiving squad thing he tried to do just fell flat, unfortunately, because you know Ashawn Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar sometimes can put up some just freakish numbers, but it just fell flat on his face. And and Ned's really turned to backslide. You know what I mean? It's just. Uh, it's really, it's really not going the right direction. Twenty-three points with the Chiefs' defense on his bench, which is pretty ironic. <laughs> yeah, uh, to your point, Jeffrey and Aguilar only combined for nine points total. Uh, so that is not what you want. And honestly, like looking at that, I don't think that that was really the best move to start those two guys. But, but that's what he went with, and I guess that's that's where he is, and that's why he's three and four. On the other hand, Steve making some great moves. I mean, obviously you're going to start Aaron Rodgers and any any week that he's playing and he put up 44 points, but I like his move to start John Brown last week. And I think John Brown was only started in maybe about 50% of leagues, but he put up 16.8. He's playing the Miami Dolphins, so you'd think that there would be a chance for a big game. Not a huge game, but 17 points. You'll take that from your flex guy any, give, or any day. Niners D put up 13. But the big question here is David Johnson. David Johnson, uh, you know, he only or Steve still gets the win, but dude's hurt. He only had one carry, put up point two points, and Chase Edmond balled out. 
and, and I'll tell you what, Steve's really in a good position, right? I mean, he's, you know, how long is uh, how long is Johnson supposed to be out? Is he questionable for next week? I think? He's questionable, but he hasn't practiced the last two days. So it's probably looking like Chase Edmonds is going to be getting the start. Uh, and if you remember, there was kind of just like a random trade last week in the middle of the week where yep. Radio and Steve kind of swapped their, their handcuffs so that Radio got yep. Aaron Jones's handcuffed and Steve got uh, – David Johnson's and that little trade looks like that's going to be a huge move. No, and I tell you what, it's a nice feeling to know that when you have one guy to go down, you know you're just ready to replace him with the with the handcuffs that way. And you know, Cody, I was I was kind of making some notes here, and you know, I sat there and we had some 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 fun discussions on people's teams. But I, I always I think I want to try to close the, each matchup with uh, just kind of a quick take on on the two guys in the matchup, right? Just kind of some personal thoughts. Um, thought that'd be kind of a nice change up here to talk shit from uh, 700 miles away. Go ahead. You know, and I got <laughs> and I got a lot of love for both those guys. You know, spent a really pretty magical summer with Ned and Steve. And and uh, you know, I say Ned first of all. Got a lot of love for Ned. Used to enjoy playing tennis together. Went to concerts. Uh, you know, Chiefs together. Pretty sure uh, Ned and I are actually Eskimo brothers, which is hilarious and disgusting at the same time. Mm. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a that's a true bond right there. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate. I'm sure O'Brien will, will tune in on one of these podcasts and give a little more more detailed debrief. And then, you know, Steve Grisbeck, also just a, a solid guy all around. Uh, really, really a, a memory of Steve that I just can't let go. We roomed together for four months, and we slept like eight feet apart from, when he, from each other. And the guy has got a serious, serious snoring problem, just like massive blockage in his nostrils, like a drunk psychic. So I just wanted to choke him out in his sleep for like four months straight. So that's kind of my, that and he was like a suspicious summer lifeguard for young children for several months, which, which really, I never really smelled. Ah, uh, yes. I forgot about that story or that story with Steve. Uh, be the judge of that, but. Interesting. Well, hopefully I'm going to get Steve on the podcast here after I get back from Europe, and uh, I can ask him about uh, about those lifeguarding escapades. Uh, but, yeah. but let's get uh, let's get on to the other part of that trade that Steve had, the, the guy who had that, that other part. Uh, he is in first place, and he is not slowing down anytime soon. It was the Battle of Club Nine, Radio versus me, uh, former roommates. Uh, Radio puts up 119. And I put up a, a pathetic 73.9. And yeah. over the last four weeks, and I, you know, I don't typically like to bitch about my fantasy team, but this has just been just all-time terrible luck. The past four weeks, I've had at least one guy get me less than one point. And it's just out of nowhere. Delaney Walker, four weeks ago, only one catch, 0.9 points. Three weeks ago, Mike Evans just completely blanked. Last week, Will Disley gets hurt. He was a top three tight end, and now he's gone for the season. And this week, it, was, it wasn't it was just one guy. It was basically half of my fucking roster that was garbage. It was Brandon McManus, zero. Vikings defense, zero. Larry Fitzgerald, 1.7. Terry McLaurin, 1.6. And to top it off, I thought for sure that the Bears, after their bye, would get their shit together and realize Mitchell Trubisky is not going to win us any games throwing the ball. We got to run it with our rookie running back, David Montgomery. And what they do, they ran the ball seven times the entire game, and Montgomery only ran it twice. Got it twice. That's just not going to cut it for your RB1, Cody. Two, two carries isn't going to do it. And, you know, I know... 
people people like to kind of overlook, uh, you know, the role of a defense and a kicker and kind of the bottom end of, of the roster. But just see see the kick in the shorts it is when, when Vikings D getting you zero, McMahon is putting up zero, right? The whole bottom end of your roster just does shit for you. And yeah. then kind of on the contrary, right, radio just continuing – to, to set records with the Patriots defense. It's just unfucking believable they're averaging twenty one points a game just over and over and over. It's unreal. It's like, and that that goes to show that no matter how much research you do and how and how much you tr- or how hard you try in fantasy football, like you cannot predict shit like that. When has a defense ever scored that many points for this long of a period of time? It's halfway through the fantasy football season, and the Patriots are scoring 21 points a game. This is insane. Yeah, and really, I mean, just looking at the rest of, of Radio Squad, right? I mean, he's, he's just really making it happen everywhere. It's, it's really, you know, I've got to give the guys some props as, as little as I really want to, but... You know, T.Y. Hilton looking great. Both Murray's on his team. I guess Tyler kind of a little step back this week, but Latavius Murray just going fucking nuts. So, I, and I tell you what, looking at looking at Radio's bench too. I mean, I think he's he's in pretty good shape if he has an injury. So I, I'm really pretty terrified for what uh, what Dallas has got going on the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Yep, I, I really do. And uh, just to just to go back real quick to to the Chicago Bears, I I cannot believe that there's an NFL head coach that has watched Mitchell Trubisky as closely as he has and everybody else in Bears Nation and thinks that the way to win a game is to throw the ball 54 times. And for that reason, Matt Nagy is getting my Aaron Barba Award for the week. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so let's, let's actually let's, let's transition a little bit to, uh, to your hometown. Your hometown, your team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and Bob's team, uh, the hashtag t- or team winning again, and uh, unfortunately, a huge hit to him. His number three overall pick, the number one quarterback in fantasy, Patrick Mahomes, goes down with a dislocated knee. It looks like he's only going to be out a couple of weeks. However, that's still pretty scary. Yeah, it was just an absolute blow to the Kansas City football nation. I'm pretty sure time stopped here. Uh, in, on the state line, it was really pretty gross. I don't know if you did. You get a chance to actually watch them pop it back in in slow mo? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was like one big coordinated vomit around the city. It was terrible. The poor kid just in absolute pain. Now, typical Kansas City meat stick stands back up. Basically, thirty seconds later, you know, swings his dick out, goes through a lot, <laughs> and, and just ready to come back. Now. He was practicing this week, gets wet pants on. There's there's kind of some discussion as to whether it's going to be one, two, three weeks. Now, you know, I thought about it for a little bit after I cried in my pillow for um, a couple nights in a row. But I think the silver lining here is that his ankle was bothering him for the last two weeks during the, the Colts and the, um, the Texans loss. And he really wasn't looking like himself, right? So I'm kind of hoping that. And as he heals up uh, with the dislocated patella, that maybe his ankle heals up. So when he comes back, as our kind of November schedules uh, kind of hit and miss, that he's going to just sail us right into the playoffs, right? I mean, the guy's just an absolute stud. And for uh, Bob O'Brien, I mean, it's kind of a two-hit deal, right? First of all, your father, Kevin O'Brien, so just and that just kind of sucks overall. But then your number <laughs> one quarterback, points maker, you know, high draft pick, going out in the middle of the game. I, I don't even know. Does Bob have another quarterback option on his bench yet? Uh, I don't believe he does. However, um, let me actually, I'm, I'm checking that right now. 
Just click click team winning again because you know hey oh actually that's right he spent two dollars on Andy Dalton so that's uh that is what he's got rolling against the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles so uh, that could be uh, catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, and really you know Waloka just just kind of looking just solid all around this week. Couple a uh, couple of medium points here in the top of his in the top of his roster, but Waller going crazy. Um, you know, so, so really a hundred points. Can't really, can't really be mad at that. Willoka just having a pretty solid, uh, solid week. Yeah, no. And the, the problem here with Willoka is he's got to be a little bit nervous about what he got from the Cody Billick trade. Adam Thielen goes down with a hamstring injury and he's out yeah. tonight. However, um, he, he practiced a little bit this week and hopefully that'll be a quick turnaround, but you never know with these hamstring injuries, you know, they, they could seem like nothing and then you tweak it again and then you're out for another three weeks. And then to add on top of that, Keenan Allen, uh, I mean, he's getting the targets, but that chargers offensive line is absolutely awful and yeah. it's not, they're not giving Phil Rivers any time to throw the ball. And, I mean, not only is Phillip Rivers and, and Keenan Allen having problems, but the running game is having problems as well. And, and we'll probably hop into Awesome's matchup here next. But uh, before we do that, uh, the reason why we'd hop into Awesome's matchup is because he's got Melvin Gordon. But uh, before we do that, do you have any closing comments on uh, on Bob or Waloka? Uh, you know, Bob O'Brien's always been good to me, so I'm not going to go go you know that below the belt. It's not his fault that he had Kevin O'Brien as a son. Um, and really, you know, Chris Waloka is probably one of the cooler guys that uh, is part of kind of the OB sphere. He's, you know, he's part of public education. He's helping out the young kids getting uh, getting educated. So I got actually all love for Waloka. I'm going to save some of this future hate uh, for, you know, the Kevin O'Brien's of the world. So we'll, we'll put that on the table for this matchup. Fair enough. So let's get into the Mike Awesome and Jerome matchup. Uh, two teams going opposite directions. Mike Awesome is going down to one and six. As I alluded to earlier, Melvin Gordon is not doing what Mike thought he was going to do. He drafted him in the third round, thinking that he was going to come back from this holdout and ball out, and that hasn't happened. And it's not completely Melvin Gordon's fault. He did uh, fumble on the goal line uh, on Sunday. That cost the Chargers the game. However, as I said, that offensive line is absolutely awful. And to, to put that on top of Carlos Hyde only getting him three and a half points, Tom Brady in his midseason lull when he's only just doing dink and dunk passes and getting 12 points, I, there there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel for Mike Awesome. You know, and Mike Awesome, you know, just look at, at uh, like you said, Tom Brady, it, it's tough because you want to rely on Tom, and some weeks he just absolutely stuns you, um, you know, putting up 25, 30 points. But the New England offensive attack has so many weapons. I don't even want to talk about the fact that Sonny Michelle just crushed it uh, again for O'Brien, right? But Tom's not, you know, Tom's getting old. He doesn't have to do it all himself anymore. Um, and then really kind of the rest of Awesome squad just hit and miss. The guy cannot buy a win. Now, don't feel too bad, Mike. 92.3 points isn't a terrible showing, right? I mean, you you're, you know, you got you got the possibility maybe to not get last in the league this year. So at least you can hold on to that, brother. Yeah, it's it's really the uh, the battle of him and Cody Billick, it seems like, on last place. Hell, actually, it could be the battle between him and Cody Carlicker. Uh, I'm sitting at 2-5. and five. It fucking sucks. However... Yes, not looking good uh, on uh, on this podcast. However, uh, let's talk about a guy who is doing 
very well. Starting 0-2, rattling off five in a row is Jerome, and it's all because his running backs are studs. Leonard Fournette and Zeke Elliott just balling out right now. And You know, I'll, I'll give a little tease. I have a segment at the end of the show. Uh, that I'm that I'm tentatively calling five things, uh, where I'm going to talk about five different things in fantasy football. It could be uh, it could be five players to look out for. It could be just five tips on fantasy football. It could be uh, five trade tips. Anything that has to do with fantasy football. And Leonard Fournette is going to be in there, and uh, I may be throwing a little bit of water on him. But for right now, dude is insane. Him and Zeke with over 20 points, and then Gardner Minshew. Great, uh, great job putting him in the lineup, and he put up 21. RB1, RB2 powerhouse is just terrifying when those guys are on. You just can't fucking stop them. You know, uh, Tyler Lockett doing his thing, Thomas doing his thing. You know, bottom part of his, his roster maybe didn't do it for him, but man, when you get, you know, 80, 90 points from, from your main guys, that's really all you need. He's still got Stafford on the bench scoring almost 30 points, right? So yep. Jerome has some depth and really, you know, don't know Jerome for shit. So, hey, buddy, maybe we'll meet someday. But I've always thought Jerome over the over the years here in the Sinbin, he's got a nose for fantasy, right? He's just scrapping. Maybe he has a couple losses, but the guy shines when it's the right time. He's always doing some good late season pickups. So he's, he's got some weird fantasy sixth sense and, and always seems to be able to put together a strong fantasy squad. And then, you know, Mike Awesome on the other hand, you know, I tell you, buddy, just just stick to chewing Copenhagen and drinking beer, bro. I, I just <laughs> the fantasy thing is not doing it for you. You're terrible at it, just like all the other sports, um, you know, you've ever tried to do. So, uh, sorry, buddy. It's just it's, I just give her up this year. Yeah, uh, not a very good season for him. Um, and you know, there is a saying out there that you shouldn't throw stones if you live in a glass house, Jake. Um, <laughs> you didn't have the best week yourself. Uh, 47.9 points. Give me your thoughts about what you were going through on Sunday while you're watching your team get decimated. Man, I tell you what, this is, this has really been tough for me. And, you know, in the same breath that I give guys like Mike awesome shit, you know, I barely, I don't even cross the threshold of scoring 50 points. My team had a garbage week. My score is basically the same as like an actual football score. Like I would expect, you know, any given pro team to score that many points, which is fucking pathetic. If you take any two of Dan's players and add their scores, they probably beat my entire squad, right? I mean, it's just an embarrassment. I got a JV team, um, Matt and Devontae Freeman, you know, just really not making shit happen for Atlanta. My biggest fear, right, is uh, Williams now is just kind of falling back to the to the end of the line with this running back by committee for the Chiefs. So I thought he was going to be getting two goal line touchdowns a game. Fucking garbage. Tammy Watkins, you know, who knows when he's going to go back in. Who cares? Because now he's got Tyreek Hill. Of course, thought maybe that, you know, maybe with uh, Mahomes out, maybe he wouldn't do what he did, but he picked up a 70-yard touchdown run, right? I mean, it was just an absolute ass-kicking up and down the field, and I'm fucking pissed. Yeah, uh, pretty rough there. I I will say that obviously there's going to be better days ahead, uh, and I'm not trying to say that because things can't get much worse. I'm actually saying that as a as, as a compliment. Uh, Matt Ryan and Devontae Freeman. If Matt Ryan plays this weekend, you know he's going to have revenge on his mind. Devontae Freeman's going to probably get his 15 points. Travis Kelsey is still one of the best tight ends of the game, and Tyler Boyd is probably going to get better with with AJ Green coming back. It's just you got to figure out your running back situation because that's not looking good. So maybe I can just put out there, I think we've been kind of 
throwing up our skirts here on trades, right? If anybody, everything's on the table for a decent fucking running back. So I'm just letting everybody know that. I won't give any details, but, um, you know, hit me up on the low low. We'll figure out a running back trade. And, you know, as much as, uh, you know, I, I want to talk shit on Dan for standing me up probably multiple weeks in a row on the podcast. you got to throw him some props. Lamar Jackson killing it. Cook putting up 27.4. Um, you know, Stephon Diggs. With uh, with feeling on the on the maybe there, I think he's got a pretty pretty solid back end of the roster. Yeah, you know, you look at his roster and it's pretty it's pretty solid, man. I mean, Dalvin Cook is, has been amazing this year. However, he is injury prone, but Dan does have Alex Madison on his bench, and so in case Dalvin Cook does get hurt, Madison's sitting yeah. right there. Uh, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. I mean, Marvin Jones went off, and he can do that in any given week. But uh, I mean, you could throw him in there and, and as a hope and a prayer, get you get you twenty, thirty points. You never know. Uh, but as consistent stalwarts, Tyreek Hill, Cortland Sutton, Stephon Diggs, those are great. The only area that I would say that he can upgrade is tight end. But shit, Eric Ebron put up fifteen last week. Yeah, and I thought we weren't playing tight ends anymore. Really <laughs> now, before we sit, you know, we we, we uh, jack off Dan too much. Will you will you tell the podcast about? Him just totally stiffing you the other week on his little sex studio he was gonna bring you in and do yeah. thing and get it all get it all mixed and all this stuff he promised to the to the send bin that he he came up short on. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, it was uh, gave me a text at seven o'clock the night before we were going to record, and I was planning on going all the way into the city, which is like an hour and a half drive from where I live, in order to do this. And he said that he had a work convention at at night. That just popped up the night before. So that seemed a little bit odd. And then he said, hey, why don't we just record during the day on Thursday? And I said that I had to work like a normal person. Uh, so that was kind of weird. <laughs> but but he has been texting me recently and he wants to get together for the podcast. So uh, hopefully we can figure that out. I think that Dan will be a really good guest. Uh, I think that he'll have a lot of funny things to say, a lot of shit talking. That's what he likes to do. And he'll probably have some good stories uh, about icing Kevin O'Brien because they have a, yeah. an epic ice battle. Yeah, and I actually heard him and radio like almost dated for a while, so I'm sure he's got some really good stories about radio as well. So but, I really, uh, I really look forward to him coming on, uh, but, bringing up, bringing up some dirt from yep, the past couple of years in Chicago. Chalking on those radio balls, uh, but <laughs> let's. Uh, Let's go to the last matchup, and it was the most, uh, the, the closest matchup of the week. It went right down to the wire. Kevin O'Brien getting another victory, going to five and two. He needed Sony Michelle to get 14 points, and that's you know uh, a nail biter for just about anybody, depending on Sony Michelle. But although he only had like 30 yards rushing, the dude got three touchdowns and gave Kevin the win. Uh, Sony with 22 points over the week. And that was, and the Cardinals D gave him 16, but that was, uh, and oh, actually, you know what? A good thing is he got Saquon back in the lineup. Uh, he got him 15, and you'll take that any week from your running back. So Kevin O'Brien's actually looking like he's heading in the right direction here. No, I mean, you know, Michelle Barkley, Russell Wilkins, Wilson, all make it, you know, making stuff happen for him. Um, but I, I do want to temper a little bit of this Kevin, this Kevin, that going to five and two, big fucking whoop. You know, uh, overall, I would just say I think, you know, Kevin is having some luck each week with how many points he's getting versus the points scored against him, right? So I will give him that. Top side of the roster is looking good, but Lindsey, he's on and off and on. He's garbage. I've never been a Will Fuller fan. Don't really see a lot going on in there. 
you can't put Sony Michelle on your back every week because Tom Brady's going to decide that somebody else wants the ball for a while, and then one of their 15 running backs is going to score nine touchdowns. And, and, you know, I just don't think you can bank on that. I will save uh, some future shit talking for Kevin here for a couple of minutes. But good job, buddy. You did you did pull up the win and, and went up to 5-2. and two, So you got to give him that. Uh, poor Cody, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, struggling to say the least. Uh, MBS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he showed up. Uh, but that yeah. was about it. Uh, there's not much going on for Cody Billick. Nick Chubb on bye, so that sucks. Devontae Adams hurt. Josh Gordon on IR for the Patriots now. He may not even be playing the rest of the year. Who knows? Uh, Drew Brees is hurt for him, but maybe coming back this week. Forcing him to start Darius Slayton, who I've never heard of before from the New York Giants, and Randall Cobb, who's about 75 and a half years old. Uh, Only... Eight points combined for those guys, and that's gonna that's gonna lead you uh, straight to loser town. Yeah, hopefully when Chubb, you know, gets gets them back on, maybe Cody can put some together. You know, Hooper actually looked pretty good, which is surprising considering Atlanta's been kind of hit or miss so far, at least for me this year. And um, you know, Cohen doing nothing for for Chicago, so we'll we'll see. I think I don't think Cody's totally out. I think he's he's really just had some very tough luck the last couple weeks. So we'll see. Maybe when he gets his QB position going again what it looks like so all right cody i'd say hold out a little bit of hope man i don't think you're uh don't think you're totally done so all right well before i let you go uh is there anything else that you would like to say about kevin colin or brian yeah um i would so uh in an effort not to extend the podcast all night i made some abbreviated notes about kevin colin o'brien um, first of which, he's an absolute piece of hot human garbage. So we'll just kind of start that with, with point number one. Um, and I want to refute something Kevin mentioned last week on the podcast when you had him call in, which was really frustrating for me to listen to, um, you know, saying that I buckled under pressure. Okay, so well, well, unlike Kevin, you know, I've actually had to compete at high levels throughout my life, right? So sometimes when you do big things, you have to dare to fail. So I'd like to bring up that, that Kevin – on the other hand, got pinned by none other than Aaron Barba, right? So let that soak in. Aaron fucking Barba stuck Kevin on the mat like the wet noodle he is, and he'll never, ever live that down. That, that, that's really another point that I hope Kevin's soaking on right now. And then really, Cody, you can you could play witness to this. Since we were 18 years old, beating Kevin at all sports and games, racquetball, virtual fighter, wrestling, blue room wrestling, Drinking games, net earnings, life success. Uh, what was that Mortal <laughs> Kombat game we used to play? Oh, yeah, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Absolutely crush him and all that. I must be 150 and 0 if we were to take every. And actually, fuck that. Kevin probably owes me like $400 in earnings because, of course, <laughs> Kevin being the chew bag he is, he goes, double or nothing, double or nothing. So I'd smoke him nine times in a row and rack the ball. Never fucking paid me. And really, you know. The only thing Kevin's done in life is, is pretty much just score a hot wife. I mean, think about it. His degree was basically built off of cheating off me for four years in college to get his engineering degree, right? His financial success, attribute that to me basically giving him handouts for my successful bookie business during college, just paying the guy's meal tickets for four years. So, you know, the, the guy's really built his entire whatever, you know, whatever you could call his life, basically built it off my back. So I just want to say you're welcome, Kevin. You're a piece of shit. Not to mention, uh, just free drinks at Clyborne. Uh, God, God rest in peace, Clyborne and Firehouse. So, Colin Bruce Douglas, man, just coming in trying to get free drinks. 
<laughs> I think that's a, that's a great way to end the segment, man. I know that you got to go. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about the fab budget and what happened this past week, give a rundown about uh, how everybody did and where everybody stands. And then I'm also going to get to the five, five things segment of the podcast. But Jake, I really appreciate you hopping on. I know you're busy. You're going to Cancun this weekend. Have a great time. Thanks for hopping on, and I'll talk to you later. Cody, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I'll be in Cancun this weekend, crushing margaritas on the beach, and probably forget to set my lineup. So I'm sure it'll be another uh, another bucket in the L column for me. <laughs> I also would like to give one big shout out to Cody for you for being a kick-ass commissioner, way better than any other commissioner we've ever had, doing a great job. Uh, minus your small biceps, you're the best. Uh, giant biceps. Uh, but thank you, brother. And uh, stay tuned, guys, for the Fab Budget and uh, Five Things. So let's talk fab. There was a lot of uh, a lot of activity in the fab wire. The last couple of weeks have been really slow, but with the injury to Carryon Johnson, with the injury to David Johnson, uh, and just some other folks getting hurt, uh, Will Fuller, Adam Thielen, it caused some folks to really scramble and make some moves. And with Carryon Johnson now being out for the season, we had to figure out who was going to spend the the most money on his backup. Ty Johnson. So carry on being out obviously hurts Chris, Chris Waloka. So I thought that Waloka was going to spend some big money on this guy, but it ends up being Jerome out of nowhere. $51 on Ty Johnson dropping Gardner Minshew, the guy who helped him win last week. Uh, the next closest bid was, uh, was Mike Awesome at 27. I bid 24 and that's just not going to get the job done. What I thought was funny was Kevin O'Brien bidding nine dollars on on ty johnson and i don't know why you would even bid that money you know that based on what we've seen over the league and and fab on 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 big name guys over the past seven weeks that that's not going to get the job done uh so i thought that that was very funny and kevin sitting with 75 dollars in fab budget just hoarding it to himself i don't know who he's going to spend it on from the from now until the end of the year However, I am uh, I am intrigued to see what happens. Uh, the next highest amount that was spent was actually by me. I I had myself a little weak. I actually ended up spending half of my fab budget this uh, this round because I uh, I got J D McKissick for seventeen dollars and that's the the passing down back for the Lions and I'm a, I'm expecting him to play a Theo Riddick role and get you about ten points a week uh, pretty consistently. And I'm probably wrong here because nobody else spent money on J.D. McKissick. $17 next to everybody else's nothing makes me seem like an idiot. I also spent $8 on Corey Davis. Uh, I really expect uh, Ryan Tannehill to continue throwing towards receivers rather than backs and tight ends because that's what he did in Miami. He likes his big receivers. And Corey Davis is obviously the most talented pass catcher in Tennessee. Add that to Corey Davis playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. I expect him to uh, score a touchdown. And even though I expect him to score a touchdown, I'm fully aware that that probably means he's going to go for two catches and 28 yards. Uh, just scrolling down here on the on the report, uh, something that jumped out at me, Ned ended up spending $4 on Teddy Bridgewater, and it looks like Drew Brees is probably going to play this week. So that was interesting. Uh, additionally, Radio, trying to be sly and grab O.J. Howard for $0, and it looks like O.J. is actually going to be out this week. So that's interesting as well. Uh, but that's kind of all the, the stuff that really jumps out to me here on the fab budget this week. 
One thing I did want to do is recap everybody on where everybody in the league stands with their fab money. So the folks with the most money right now are Metzger and Kevin with $75. We're halfway through the season, and they still have three quarters of the amount of money that they started with. Like I said, I don't know who they're needing, they're going to spend it on going forward, but they need to spend that money. Uh, on the other end, Cody Billick is completely out of fab budget money. Zero dollars. So I find that, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how he picks up free agents moving forward. And flying under the radar here, radio, $44, which is a good amount compared to the rest of the league. He spent a ton of money on week one with Malcolm Brown and Tyrell Williams and the Patriots, but he's actually got some money to work with here in the second half of the season, so I'm intrigued to see what moves that he makes as well. Uh, that kind of rounds it out. Uh, everybody else is kind of hovering around the $30 to $40 range. Uh, Ned's only got 15 so he's struggling and behind the eight ball, but but that's fab for you. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is five things. Uh, it's going to sound a little bit different probably because I recorded it last night, but hopefully you guys like it. If you have any ideas or names for the segment, uh, let me know. Shoot me a text. Shoot the group a text. Let me know if you liked it or if it sucked, but uh, hopefully it's good and hopefully it's something that's consistent from here on out. So I appreciate you guys listening and I'll talk to you later. Hello and welcome to the special segment of the Sinbin Fantasy Football Podcast. And what I want to start doing, I want to start adding a new segment in each week. Uh, And I'm working on the title here, but right now I'm calling it five things. And what I want to do here is give the league five tidbits of information that they can take Put it in their pocket, maybe used to, to have some trade talks, maybe used to uh, look at some free agencies, maybe just to have better fantasy football or just general football knowledge. So what I'm going to talk about this week is five players that I expect to come back down to earth in the second half of the fantasy football season. So I'm basing this off of guys that have gotten out to hot starts that I didn't necessarily expect. And after looking at the trends in the first half of the season and what is coming up for them schedule-wise or strategy-wise, where they are going to be at the end of the season uh, and how I do not think that their success is going to continue. And the first guy I want to talk about is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. He has averaged 25 points per game over the first seven weeks. However, his opponents to this point have been teams like the Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Packers, not teams that scare you uh, defensively, especially in the secondary. Upcoming, he has a much tougher schedule, much tougher sledding against the likes of the Vikings, The Detroit Lions, whose defense is much improved, New England Patriots in Buffalo, and Chicago. All defenses that are in the top 10 of the league right now. And to be frank, he doesn't have a ton of weapons outside of Zeke and Amari Cooper. So if one of those guys go down or one of those guys are banged up, he doesn't have a whole lot of other options. And for that reason, for schedule reasons and for risk of a player getting hurt and no depth, I think that Dak's going to take a step back. To transition a little bit to a different position, uh, going over to the tight ends, the tight end that I think is going to take a step back is Mark Andrews. He got off to an insane start. The first two games of this season, he had over 100 yards receiving in each game and a touchdown in each game. However... Four of the last five games, 
He's had less than 50 yards receiving in each and only one touchdown total over the last five weeks. What I think is going on here is defensive coordinators and the defenses themselves are starting to figure out Lamar Jackson. They know that he is a run-first quarterback, and although he is a better thrower than what a lot of people thought he would be, he's still not great. And what young quarterbacks want to do is uh, is throw to their throw to their tight end. They want to they want to run. They want to get out of the pocket, and they want to throw to their tight end. And so what teams are doing is forcing him to stay in the pocket and taking away his favorite target in Mark Andrews. And for that reason, I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to adjust in his sophomore year, and I think that Mark Andrews is going to suffer. To move on to a different player, a different team, on the other side of the country, Cooper Cup. He's my third player that I expect to come back down to earth in the second half of the season. And he's another guy who started out real hot and he's currently sitting at wide receiver four. However, if you look at his numbers, his targets have decreased dramatically over the past two weeks. And I think that has to do not only with the Rams offense kind of um, hitting a little bit of a roadblock, but I think that McVay wants to try to get Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods going a little bit more. They've had a slow start to their seasons, and in order to get them going a little bit more, Cooper Cup's target share has got to go down. And we can see this, actually, in the stats. The first six weeks, Cooper Cup averaged 12.5 targets per game. Over the last two games, he's averaged seven. On top of that, five of the first six games, Cup had over 100 yards receiving. In the last two, he's averaging 33 per game. So... We know that Jared Goff has got a little bit of a competence issue. He's a little shaky. Uh, I expect that to continue for at least a couple more weeks. And they're going to keep trying to feed Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks to get them involved. And for those reasons, I think that Cooper Cup is going to end up around a wide receiver 10 to 15 rather than the top five guy he is right now. Another receiver that I want to talk about who's gotten off to a very surprising start is DJ Shark. DJ Shark... uh, a lot of people probably don't know this, but he was a second-round draft pick last year, uh, not or in the 2018 draft. But he didn't do much for the Jaguars in his first season over there. Now that Gardner Minshew has been uh, input as a the quarterback, they obviously have a or Shark and Minshew have a really good connection with one another. Uh, however, you're going to go through some growing pains with a young team. And Shark is seeing that right now with only three catches in each of the last two games. I think that what's happening is defenses are starting to get the film on Minshew and figuring out his tendencies and wanting to go to Shark. And so they are, uh, they're just covering him and game planning for that a little bit better. I think that Minshew has a chance to be a a starting quarterback in this league for years to come. But as a rookie, he's going to continue to struggle. And for that reason, I think that Shark is going to struggle as well. And last but not least, on my five players that I expect to come back down to earth, I'm going to stick with the Jaguars, and I'm going to go to their running back, Leonard Fournette, who is currently running back seven, and he has been demolishing defenses over the last handful of weeks. Uh, he's currently uh, he's had just over 100 yards rushing. and uh, Well, he's actually had well over 100 yards rushing in a few games this year. However, he's got a tough schedule coming up. He's got the Jets, he's got the Texans, and then he's got a bye, and then he's got the Colts, 
the Titans, and Tampa Bay. And despite what you might think about Tampa Bay, go ahead and look at their stats on running opposing running backs, and their run defense is very solid. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hasn't done much against them. Todd Gurley hasn't done much against them. Kamara hasn't done much against them. Uh, so I don't think that Leonard Fournette's going to do much against them either. Fournette's actually had just over 100 yards rushing when he combined when he's played Houston and Tennessee earlier this year. So if you think that Houston's defense is uh, is not great, apparently Fournette didn't do very well against them earlier this season. So that may continue. Maybe they know what to do whenever they're playing the Jaguars. Additionally, as I stated before, I think that defenses are starting to figure out Minshew, and I think they're going to continue stacking the box against Minshew and Fournette and forcing Minshew to beat them, uh, which will result in less carries for Fournette, uh, tougher running conditions for Fournette, and for those reasons, I expect him to take a step back in the second half of this season. I hope you guys enjoyed this five things. Let me know if you have any suggestions for new topic or a new name for this or new topics. Uh, I hope you enjoy this, uh, this little extra piece here, and I'll talk to you guys later.